Numbers. I like numbers. Uh, my undergraduate degree is in mathematics. It's from A&M. So when we got to higher math, we had to use both hands and toes, you know. So, Yes, thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, and how are y'all coming with those numbers on the IRS forms, huh? Still got another week to get the, the forms in, yes. For me, uh, filling out all of those lines, it's just like one long math problem, okay? Um, in the church, we like numbers. I look in the book of Acts, that book uh, that Luke wrote about the beginning of the church and the spread of the Holy Spirit. It talks there that on that day of Pentecost, there were about 3,000 people baptized and added to the church that day. And he continues all through that. said so more and more people were added. We, we continue to count numbers. Some ushers here were counting you in worship this morning to know what our attendance was here. And we'll be looking at who comes to Sunday school in small groups and and all kinds of things. We, we measure, oh, the offering. There's another important number. Let's not forget that one, okay? Um, and the Bible numbers are important. There's a book in the Old Testament called Numbers. And at the beginning of that book, the Lord God says to Moses, I want you to take a census. I want you to count all of the people of Israel. And, and so they do. And, and numbers are important. I loved it, uh, Sandy, that in your children's time, uh, in John's Gospel, it was in the sixth chapter, that uh, there was this big crowd of people, and there was, uh, how are we going to feed all these people? And a little boy came forward, and he had five loaves and two fish. Numbers are important, and they fed all the people with those. And at the end, it says they took up 12 baskets of leftovers from, hmm, how'd that happen? Miracle there. And Jesus would tell stories of the numbers in it. You remember the shepherd who had all of those sheep? He got 99 safely into the fold, but one sheep was still out there, and he went looking for that one lost sheep. Numbers are important. You're important, is what I'm trying to say here. In this uh, passage before us today, we have some numbers. Uh, it's, by the way, this is sort of an epilogue. There was a very clear ending at the end of uh, the 20th chapter of John, but there's this 21st chapter. It's an epilogue. It's sort of tying up some loose ends that uh, the gospel writer didn't get taken care of. And in that very first sentence, the word again was used. You might have just passed right over that. I know I did. <laughs> until I read the commentaries. This is one of John's favorite words. He has used it 47 times in the Gospel of John. It seems like Jesus has to keep coming again and again because we miss seeing Him. Already in John's Gospel, He's appeared to Mary on Easter morning, and He appeared to His disciples, and then a week later, He appeared to His disciples a second time, but it wasn't enough. He keeps coming again and again. Maybe the story is, is for us. And in there, there are some more numbers. It, there are seven disciples. Five of them are named. Two of them are unnamed. Maybe we're among those two unnamed disciples in this story. Numbers. What are the disciples doing? Even though He's appeared to them twice, they've gone back to the old way of life. I know that has never happened in your lives where you've had an encounter with the risen Christ but you have fallen into old routines. Smile, people, just a little bit, okay? Easter's come, but now we're past Easter, and we just fall back into old patterns, old ways of life. We're going fishing again. 
And Jesus appears, but they don't recognize him there on the shore. I love it. Some of you who've been fishing, don't you love it when people walk by and say, any luck? Caught anything? And then I love it when you're fishing and they start giving advice, right? <laughs> Why don't you try the other side? Try on the right side of the boat here. Yeah, yeah we're professional fishermen. We do this for a living, okay? Thank you very much. Uh, I don't need any comments from you bystanders, okay? Um, but that's what happens in here. The disciples say, we've caught nothing. Now, we've always had uh, good luck before. Fishing at night's the best time to fish in the Sea of Galilee. And this is where we've always fished. And, and we've done this for our lifetimes. And we were taught how to fish. But okay, okay, we're so frustrated. If you say, fish on the right side of the boat, we'll try the right side of the boat. Friends, this passage, this epilogue has been included in John's gospel for us because it's about catching fish, about catching people, that Jesus wants to catch as many people as possible. That's why it's here. And Jesus keeps coming back to us and say, says to us, you don't have to keep doing things the same old way. If it hasn't been working for you, try something different. <laughs> Go to the right side of the boat. Okay? And I know in this congregation, we have done some of those things. We, we had a worship service on Sunday night that we called the point. It's okay to experiment and to try stuff, right? We have children first worship service for children on the first Sunday of the month at 9 a.m. And it's highly interactive and a little bit wild and not quite under our control. And that's okay. And, right? and, and we would have um, a fall festival where we try to attract young families here. And, and we're doing Rethink Church in a couple of weeks, something we've done in the past and something you're pretty good at, I think, about going out into the world and being the hands and feet of Christ and bringing someone, oh, here's another number, bringing someone else along with you, your plus one. We're going to be trying that again. Jesus says, if it hasn't worked for you in the past, try something new. Try something different. Try the right side of the boat. You may be saying to me about this plus one idea. Well, Lynn, you know, I've tried and tried in the past, and, and you know, I just nobody's ever responded to my invitation, or I don't know anybody. Jesus is saying to you, try something different. Are you in a scrapbooking group? Huh? Are you in a running group? Are you in PTA? Are you in a motorcycle club? <laughs> okay. Are you in Boy Scouts? Is there a new student in school? Are you in National Honor Society? Are, you know, are, are you in a children's play group with some other moms and dads? Are, what, is there somebody new at work? Is there some new neighbor that's moved in? It, Jesus is saying, you don't have to keep doing the same old thing. Uh, open up and try the other side of the boat. Try the right side. I read the commentaries this past week, and there was one line that just blew me away. Are you ready for this? In the gospel stories, none of these disciples, who are fishermen, by the way, ever catch a single fish except at the direction of Jesus. <laughs> this, is, this is amazing <laughs> to me. It's only when we pay attention to him and his directions that we catch any fish at all. Friends, it's really not about you. 
I'm asking you to slow down and to pray. What are you drawn to of some of these projects or make up your own project? But especially, who are you drawn to? Who's that person that God has put upon your heart that Jesus is saying, I'd like for you to invite them to come alongside you on this day and make a difference in the world? We never catch any fish except at Jesus' direction. It's not about working harder, it's not about working longer. It's about getting down on our knees and praying. It's about maybe getting so frustrated trying to do it ourselves that we actually depend upon Jesus. And you know what? Then they caught so many, they couldn't haul the net in. Peter, I I love the story here. He's a little bit enthusiastic, don't you think? He jumps over the side of the ship. Here's another number. In the, in the Greek, it was actually 200 cubits. And we say, oh, it's about 100 yards. He, he swims to shore. Give him, give him an A for, for enthusiasm, huh? He's, he's, he's really passionate about it. It's the Lord, he says. I, he finally recognizes Jesus when they catch this, these fish. He jumps overboard. He swims to shore. And there's a meal waiting for him and for the disciples. I know that Jesus had that last supper with his disciples, but you know what? Jesus also has a first breakfast for them and for us. We continue to meet him when we gather at this table. We continue to meet him in the breaking of the bread. Jesus is waiting for us there. And Jesus invites Peter to bring the net in, and he has a hard time hauling it in. He pulls it to shore. He draws it to shore. And inside the net, here's another number. Did you notice what it said there in John's Gospel? I cut off the passage right there. It said, you were smiling at it, Wesley, when you read it. 153 fish. Now, people have commented on this passage for 2,000 years, and they've done all kinds of meanings to it and symbolism. And you know what it means? I don't know. <laughs> but Augustine, the saint from about the 3rd century, 4th century in Christianity, he said this, it is a great mystery. <laughs> I like that. Here's what I think it means. That Jesus wants as many fish as possible. <laughs> he doesn't want to lose a single one. He wants to draw all people to himself. If you remember in John's Gospel what it says there in the 12th chapter, Jesus says... When the Son of Man is raised up and when He's lifted up, He will draw all people to Himself. It is the same word in Greek here. Haul, draw. Jesus wants as many fish as possible. He doesn't want to lose a single one. And the net was not torn. The word for torn is a word you know. The word is schism in Greek. Jesus is trying to say, the gospel writer is trying to say to us, let's work together. It doesn't matter what denomination, it doesn't matter what theological point of view. You know what? Most people don't care, actually. They care more about, are you making a difference in the world? Do you, do you, do you seem like you love other people? Huh? It's not about us getting, to, getting people to join this church. It's about getting them to follow Jesus. All right? And we're going to work with all denominations and all points uh, across the theological spectrum because Jesus doesn't want the net 
to be torn. We're called to catch as many fish as possible. That's why this passage is here. That's why numbers are important. And that's the good news I have to share with you today. Amen. Friends, as we take numbers, I like numbers. My undergraduate degree is in mathematics, but it's from A&M. I'm an Aggie, all right? So in higher math, we got to use our fingers and our toes. Thank you, thank you. I'm here all week, all right. So. <laughs> and numbers, how are you coming on those IRS forms, huh? Still got one more week. Um, to me, it's like one long math problem, you know, <laughs> putting in all of those deductions and earnings and all the forms and schedules and stuff. Oh, it's such fun, isn't it? Numbers. We like numbers in the church. In fact, if you go to the book of Acts, when Luke writes about the start of the early church, what does he do on the day of Pentecost? He says about 3,000 souls were added that day. They were counting attendance even back then, right? And, and we do that. There are ushers that have been counting you this morning. Yes, and we count in Sunday school and mission groups and Sunday school, uh, you know, all kinds of stuff. Oh, oh, we count the offering also. I see Donna there in the back, uh, chair of finance. So we'll, we'll be counting that today. Numbers are important. Yes, can I get an amen here? <laughs> yeah, numbers are important. In the Bible, numbers are important. There is a third book in our Old Testament, and it's called... Numbers, yes. And what does the Lord God do? Lord God comes to Moses and says, I want you to take a census. I want you to count everybody. Yes. In the ministry of Jesus, numbers are important. In John's gospel earlier on in the sixth chapter, there's a whole crowd of people. They're out in the wilderness and hungry. And a boy comes forward with his lunch. And what does he have in his lunch? Five loaves. And two fishes, and with that, Jesus somehow performs a miracle, and the, all of the crowds are fed. In fact, they take up 12 baskets of leftovers. Somebody was counting even the leftovers there. In this passage, numbers are important that we have before us today. By the way, this is an epilogue to John's Gospel. There was a great ending at the end of chapter 20. But somebody said, we need to tie up some loose ends, kind of like in TV episodes, okay? And so this, this is an epilogue, doing some of that work there. And in this epilogue, there was a word that you just went right over. You didn't even realize how important it was. I didn't either till I read the commentaries. The word again. Jesus appeared again to the disciples. It's only used 47 times in John's gospel, and Jesus has already appeared to, his, uh, to Mary on the Easter morning. He's already appeared to the disciples once and a week later, twice. But it seems to not be enough. It seems like Jesus has to keep coming again and again until we see him. Maybe this story is for us. 47 times Jesus comes again in the gospel 
And the disciples, they're, they're numbered here. There were seven of them. Five got names. Two of them didn't get names. Maybe we're amongst the two that didn't get names. Maybe we're in this passage. Because you see, these disciples in this epilogue have gone back to the old way of life. We're going fishing. I know this never happens to you. I mean, we're Easter people, right? It was just a couple weeks ago that we were celebrating Easter here. We don't go back to old ways of doing things, do we? We don't fall back into old routines and old patterns. This story maybe is for us. They fish all night and they catch nothing. Jesus comes along. They don't recognize him. And Jesus says this, try the other side. Throw your nets on the right side of the boat. Don't you just love it when people give you unsolicited advice? I mean, can you hear these disciples? Hey, we're professional fishermen. You know, we've done this our whole lives. We were taught how to fish. We've always had good luck here before. We've always done it this way before. Fishing at night's the best way to fish. And now who are you, stranger, walking along the shore, coming to tell us how to do our jobs? Jesus says, throw your nets on the right side of the boat. They must have been really frustrated because they actually do it. And when they do it, they catch a haul of fish. What is Jesus saying to them, to us? If you have been doing it the same old way and you don't get any results, it might be time to try a different approach. Throw your nets on the other side. Try the right side this time. In this congregation, we've had to go through some learning curves here. We've been trying out some things and we experiment and sometimes they work, sometimes they don't work. But... We don't always do things the same way. In my tenure here as a pastor, we used to have a Sunday night worship service called The Point, and we were trying to attract a whole different kind of congregation. Okay, that went on for a while. That's okay. Right now, we're trying children first, aimed at young families, 9 a.m. service, first Sunday of the month. It's highly interactive. It's almost out of control. It's that interactive, and it's little children and energy and stuff, but you know, it. We, we can't just keep doing things the same old way. Throw your nets on the right side. We've got mom to mom going on. We've got walk to Emmaus. We've got you know, all kinds of stuff happening where we say we can't just keep doing things the same old way. We had a fall festival trying to attract young families here. In a couple of weeks, we're going to do Rethink Church Plus One. I hope that you're feeling some tug on your heart to engage in one of these projects so that you can make your witness out in the world by doing some good about showing that the church does, doesn't happen within these four walls on a Sunday morning, that Christ invites us to go out into the world. And that plus one, I hope you're feeling some tug upon your heart to invite somebody alongside of you so that they can know that we make a difference in the world too. You may be saying to me at this point, Lynn, I don't know anyone to invite. I don't know who my plus one could be. If you're frustrated, if you've been fishing in the old places and it's not working anymore, what's Jesus saying to you? 
Try the right side of the boat. Are you a member of the PTA? Are you a member of a motorcycle club? Are you a runner? Are you in a, a children's play group? Are, are you part of a scrapbooking group? Are you, whatever. Do you like to cook and you're in a chef group? I, I, whatever it is. Are you in scouts? Is, is, there, is there someone new at school? Someone new at work? Someone new in the neighborhood? Maybe that's the one that Jesus is saying to you. Try that side. <laughs> Don't just keep doing things the same old way. Who, who is that person? Who might be your, your plus one? I read the commentaries this past week, and there was a line that just blew me away. It said this, Never once in the Gospels do these fishermen ever catch a single fish except at the direction of Jesus. <laughs> Isn't this funny? This... This carpenter, itinerant preacher tells the professional fisherman how to fish. It's the same way for us. We need to pause. We need to pray. We need to ask for help. The old ways are not working anymore. Let's maybe listen to Jesus. Try the right side of the boat, he says. Because, by the way, it is, it is his work. It is his work through us. It's not about us working harder or longer. It's about staying close to Him and what He asked us to do. They caught so many, they had a hard time hauling it into the boat. I love Peter in this story, don't you? Can we give him an A for effort? Can we give him an A for enthusiasm, for passion, jumping overboard? And here's another number for you. In the Greek, it literally says 200 cubits. We say, oh, about 100 yards. He swam to shore. He beat the rest of the disciples to land because they recognized Jesus once they caught all of the fish. Where do you see Jesus? Is he in some of these mission projects? Is he in some of these people with whom we'll be working? Will he be in that plus one that you might be inviting alongside of you? Where is Jesus? Where do you see him? When they get to shore, there's a meal Fish and bread. I know we think that we only have the Last Supper when Jesus has that meal with his disciples before his passion and death. But guess what? Jesus had a lot of meals with his disciples. And this is the first breakfast, <laughs> breakfast in Galilee. And they see him again in the breaking of the bread. And we continue to come to this table where we see Jesus in the breaking of the bread. Peter goes and he starts hauling that net to shore. How many fish were in the net? Did you, do you remember how many fish were in there? You, you were paying attention. That's so good. Uh, 153 fish. Isn't that funny that somebody counted all of those fish? I read all the commentaries and people were trying to put symbolic meanings upon that number 153. What does that mean? Do you know what it means? I don't know what it means. <laughs> Augustine, the saint in the church, what was it, fourth century somewhere way back there, he lived. Augustine's probably said it best. He said, it's a great mystery. <laughs> it is a mystery how we become part of this gathering, this hall of fish. Here's what I think it means for me. It means that Jesus doesn't want to lose a single person. That's why numbers count. The numbers aren't just numbers, they're people. Jesus wants 
What does it say? Large fish? He wants large fish, yeah, but he wants little fish too. And he wants young fish and old fish and straight fish and gay fish. And he wants every fish. Yes, 153 fish. And it said in the passage, and the net wasn't torn. You know what that word in Greek is? It's schism. (laughs) We've heard that word before. Yeah. You know what? Jesus is saying, our theological viewpoints are not as important as catching fish. Denominations aren't as important as catching fish. Guess what? Westlake United Methodist Church We're going to bless other denominations and other theological points of view because we're not about trying to make people members here. We're trying to help people follow Christ, to be disciples of Christ. That's what this passage is about. It's about gathering as many fish as possible and not losing a single one. The net is not torn. It's also a group effort, (laughs) right? We don't do it alone. We do it with Jesus and we do it with all these other people and churches and all kinds of folks. That's what this passage is about. The word for haul here is the same word in Greek as draw or lift up. Jesus, in the 12th chapter of John, he says, when the Son of Man is lifted up, he will draw all people to himself. That is what this passage is about, that all will be drawn to him. This passage is for us. Um, Matthew, he would have said it a little differently. In Matthew's gospel, he would have said, uh, Jesus would have given some instructions like this. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and teaching them all that I have commanded you. This is John's way of saying that this is why we have the epilogue. This is why we have numbers, because everybody counts. That's the good news I have to share with you this day. Amen.